0: Good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. Won't be too long. Schools will be back underway, and we're going to be talking about that today. Opening schools in a COVID-19 world. Rutherford County School Director Bill Spurlock is with us this morning. Bill, good morning to you. Good morning. Good to have you with us. You brought a friend with you, Assistant Superintendent Jimmy Sullivan. Jimmy, good morning to you. How are you? Great, thank you. Good to have you with us. And uh, also with us this morning, the Director of Communications, James Evans. James, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Good to have you here today. Well, first of all, when is the first day of school?
2: Yeah, our first day of school for our students is tentatively scheduled for August the 10th. Uh, Teachers will be coming in prior to that on August the 1st, and we'll be having some training days uh, during that time.
0: Okay, so August the 1st is the first day of school. and uh, Third. August the 3rd. Third. Okay, excuse mm-hmm. me. Uh, that will be the first day of school. Is that a full day, or how does that work?
2: At this time, it's not a full day. and in, in fact, we'll be revisiting uh, our schedule on our meeting tomorrow night, uh, looking at some phase-in days and discussing where we are in terms of the uh, rate of spread of the virus in our county.
0: Has it increased? Uh, it looks like it may have.
2: Yeah, on seven nine, that's when we uh, well, I took a vote in order to uh, uh, vote for the plan of coming back with traditional, with option for parents. We were at about point five five uh, per hundred thousand of our population, which is three hundred thirty-two thousand two hundred thirty-eight. Since that time, from uh, seven nine to yesterday at seven twenty-six. We have gone up to .846. Uh, that's an increase of, uh, you know, over the those days of, of approximately 60 uh, active cases added a okay. day.
0: So you're at .846 now, and uh, prior to that you were at .55? That
2: is correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, when, when was that .55 ahead? That was on July the 9th.
0: July the 9th, mm-hmm. okay. And then this was yesterday
2: the uh, twenty-six. correct mm-hmm. okay we currently have 2,812 active cases uh, in the county uh, what we're seeing of the trend over the last eight days uh, is uh, we're adding uh, you know we're adding uh, additional active cases obviously it has gone up uh, on our last meeting we were uh, I think we were somewhere around 2,500 cases and during that time, we, uh, we've gone up to 2812 as of yesterday.
0: Okay, and that's 0.55 uh, for July 9th per 100,
2: is that right? Per 100,000 of the population. Oh, per 100,000, mm-hmm. okay.
0: All right, uh, so we're going in the wrong direction.
2: <laughs> uh, well, we are, you know, and one of the things we want to make uh, perfectly clear is our intent. Uh, we do believe and we think we know. Uh, that students learn best uh, on campus. However, we've got to look at their data and let the data make the decisions that we will be making. Uh, Ultimately, you know, we would like to see these numbers go down, and I think we can do our part as Rutherford County citizens to do this. And we do know that uh, when you look at the data that was just released yesterday, data that I've been requesting since May uh, from the uh, State Department of Health, uh, the age group, ages 5 through 18, they did release that yesterday, and it was a tracking from uh, July 18th up until yesterday. Now, uh, the, inc- uh, the uh, recovery period for COVID typically is two weeks, 14 days. However, it can be a little bit longer. Uh, in the data that was released yesterday, it did not show those that have recovered. It just showed the summative number however from the uh uh, july the 18th to yesterday there were 138 new cases that were active uh, in rutherford county for the age group of 5 to 18. Uh, we will continue tracking that and, and looking at that we do appreciate that information finally being released however it does not tell us uh, other than we know those 138 cases are active it doesn't tell us how many of those additional 480 uh, were still active
0: so that is uh, some more information that you're asking for why are they not giving that
2: to you well you know i started earlier in may asking for it and 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 they said you know this is how we do it and and, and then i even got one of our state legislators involved and and it, it didn't really get anywhere. And we actually requested an Open's records request back about a couple of weeks ago, and that we were kind of didn't get what we want. And and it just so happens as I was looking through the data yesterday, and I went online and, and searched more information, and, and it was there in a place that you know that we normally have been getting our data. For whatever reason, they did release it yesterday. It only had the numbers from July 18th until the 26th. And like I said, on it was summative data, so just like anything else, we do know that I would like to think we don't currently have 565 of school-aged children in Rutherford County that currently are active. However, we have no way of knowing due to the fact that it did not indicate how many had recovered out of that number. But we do know that from uh, July the 18th to the 26th is eight days, and there had been an additional 138 Uh, active cases added during that time.
0: Now, when you do begin classes, hopefully it will be August 3rd as planned, uh, the governor has indicated that he wanted some special testing to see how the students were doing, to see if they had fallen farther behind during this period of uh, not going to school, which looks like it creates sort of an additional burden for you instead of jumping in and teaching and trying to get the kids caught up we're back to testing
2: again yeah i think what he, he's referencing is our state testing there'd been a lot of uh questioning about our will we test uh this year and and, and typically we always test in springtime and i think a lot of uh of of, of districts were requesting a waiver Uh, from the testing now from the standpoint of what i think what the governor was trying to convey and i obviously don't know what he uh was trying to convey but i think what he was trying to convey last year we did have a moratorium on testing and uh uh, the 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 amount that was paid by the state to the vendor in which we purchased the test was over 28 million dollars uh that's a two-year deal so they will uh, have to purchase another 28 million this year although we will use the test from last year I think what he's trying to say, and, and like I said, I don't know this for sure, is that, and, uh, and it could I could be totally wrong, is that we will assess in the spring. However, we will assess as a prescriptive, uh, and not anything that's punitive. Now, I would like to say that think that he's meaning that because I do agree, and I think every educator would agree that we do sometime during this school year, and uh, obviously not anytime soon. But we knew we do need to, to identify where we are in terms of uh, achievement gaps uh we been, we will have been out of school for 21 weeks and during that time uh you know the instruction uh, that they did receive or is not up to par of what we can currently a- uh, offer or what is uh what we can do when they're in the classroom
0: let me ask you this uh, you've given the parents an opportunity to choose to send the children back to school or to learn through the virtual world, uh, are you hoping that this that there not enough people will take the virtual world that you can practice social distancing without any problems at the schools?
2: Absolutely, I think we're currently, and I'll let Doctor Sullivan speak on that. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Sperlock.
3: And so, when we think about our parents who have chosen that um, distance learning option, as of yesterday, we were right over seven thousand four hundred students. Um, that have chosen that distance learning option. When we think about our size of a district, you know, we're we're sitting somewhere between forty-seven and forty-eight thousand. We've still got forty or forty-one thousand students who would still be in a traditional setting in the the classrooms with us. And when we think about the opening of school, our teachers actually start back August third, and our teacher and our students start back August tenth. We actually have our instructional coaches begin today, and they are appropriately social distanced and learning about the new and different ways we have to offer instruction this year for our students there at Smyrna Middle School and in our new PD Center right now training for this year.
0: Is, that's not giving you enough uh, leeway, is it? You need more people for the virtual schools, it sounds
3: like. Yeah, we, we still are uh, just as, of course, 7,000 makes a difference, but when we're already as an overcrowded district as we are, we we still are very full in our schools.
0: And another issue that I'm sure parents are concerned with is the after-school program the uh, transportation the school buses will there be an after-school program will the buses run as always how will that
2: work yeah let me uh, jump in there we do have a we will provide transportation however we do know that uh during those times the buses are going to be full i mean the ability the in, uh, inability to social distance on there will have to be made up with the mass wearing that we are requiring and uh and and, and sitting in assigned seats and as far as the uh after school care we did have ymca this summer and and they did a great job however it was scaled back and it was not as many in the program uh the the data that come out of there is they actually only ended with two cases of COVID, and it was both instructors that actually caught it not while they were on campus however uh while they were off campus
0: now, in addition to social distancing, wearing masks, are there any other new ways that you're incorporating into the classroom atmosphere to reduce the spread of COVID 19?
2: Yeah, everything from the uh, directions with the desk are placed, uh, the uh, sanitation of the rooms after classes, uh, the, you know the, uh, the, the wash, you know, how they, uh, the, the sanitizing of their hands. Uh, you know, a variety of different things like that are being used. And even uh, getting down to uh, how we, um, how we uh, release them in terms, if you're in high school, how we will release them. We won't release them all at the same time during transition. Uh, we will stagger that. How we do our lunches will be different. Uh, that will be uh, staggered also and, and determined uh, by number uh as far as the elementary is concerned of course we can do more self-contained there uh in uh in middle school we can also do a little bit more self-contained because we do have many schools in which the uh, teachers can rotate instead of the students rotating but there are a variety of different things that we'll have to look at and mitigate the spread of the virus everything how we clean our uh, schools everything about what we do on the buses as far as cleaning uh, you know, there's a variety of different things that uh, our staff has been working on, has released protocols uh, that we've released to our, uh, our principals and teachers. And those things right there will provide us with opportunities to mitigate it. Now, with that saying uh, said, uh, there perhaps could be a case. And we know that, you know, a lot of things that we do, Uh, are going to uh, help slow down, but however, it's not going to completely eliminate the virus.
0: We have a text from a listener who said they've been watching other states, and they said that uh, some of the other states are reducing the hours in the day uh, of the classes and that they're going to be handing out sack lunches so the children can take the lunches home and uh, leave school earlier than usual but they were concerned that uh, germs could be spread during the lunch period as well any thoughts on yeah for doing that yeah
2: absolutely we will be doing some of those things as far as the lunches are concerned however the state board of education uh, has uh, made us made it very perfectly clear that an instructional day will exist uh, will consist of 6.5 hours and there would not be any waivers to that so we have to follow what the state board of ed uh process states we have to do uh i I understand that would be a great opportunity however that's out of our hands
0: okay so 6.5 hours of classroom time Correct. So uh, no changes in the number of classes or anything of this
2: sort? No, happen. no waivers. In fact, I was going over Dr. Sullivan this morning that the State Board of Ed, uh, you know, they're one of the, the requirements is our PE and our exercise, and, and that is not going to be waived. We have to meet those requirements. And it did state, restate it again. There will be testing. Uh, there will be no waiver from testing this year.
0: So... And we're talking about the testing that has been so controversial Correct. over the, not just normal testing. Absolutely. Okay, we have uh, some people who have have asked, and in, in, uh, their, their concern is with the buses. Uh, they're saying, as you had mentioned earlier, the buses will be packed. Is there any way that that can be resolved, where it's uh, not exposing the children to that risk?
2: You know, one of the things we did very early on is we had a... a a meeting and we're with everyone including transportation as part of the meeting and we started discussing uh, uh routes diff- uh, adding routes and, and things of that nature and quite frankly it came down to this after going through a, a variety of different scenarios and looking at everything for us to do what we wanted to do it would cost us one million dollars a month to to carry out the, the uh what we would want to do Quite frankly, that would be if we did it over time. That would be quite expensive, and we do not have uh, the money in our budget to to meet this requirement or meet this uh, ability to do this. You know, one of the things I would call everyone's attention to this year: our uh, general purpose budget increased by less than one percent, and we're adding over a thousand students each year. So to say that our budget is tight would be an understatement. So. Yes, we did look into that. In fact, we, we went through a variety of different things. And like I said, $1 million uh, a, a month to adding on to our already current $21 million uh, transportation budget, it's not sustainable for us.
0: And, and you mentioned something that ha- I had not heard in this COVID-19 period. You mentioned that we're still continuing to get the large number of new students moving into the area. So COVID-19 has not changed that.
2: Not at all. In fact, I'll let Dr. Sullivan talk about it because he's right on the enrollment numbers pretty uh Right. when we when we look
3: at our enrollment, so even on our distance learning um, registration, we are having parents from not just in state but out of state as well who are filling out our distance registration form full up until they filled that out, we did not even know that that they existed um, in our district. Uh, The other thing to think about transportation-wise, you know, cost is one, but we also have to have bus drivers to be able to pull that off. And we are continually looking for for bus drivers and substitute bus drivers, and and that's another logistical aspect of it. It's a challenge.
0: Okay. Our phone number, by the way, is 615-893-1450. Many of you have learned already that you can text on that number, but you can also call on that number and do like the old days, and that's talk. Good morning. You're on WGNS. How are you today?
2: I'm just still old. You must knew I was on the phone, didn't you, Brother no, Bart?
0: Are you just a kid calling in. Let
2: me jump on your guests and everybody else. This is my question to the world. You take an old man like me, Brother Bart.
0: Where and how come or when I can I?
2: See, I'm lost in a world like today because I can't. Deal with computers, you look, y'all. Uh, where can I go to, to school to learn how to tell time? I know when Do you all feel me?
0: Do I'm you alone. have some adult programs with the county?
3: <laughs> we absolutely do, and they are actually housed at the John Coleman Annex now in Smyrna, um, and we have adult ed and our adult high school um, both operating depending on each person's situation.
0: And do you have programs that would help uh, adults become absolutely. comfortable with computers? Yes,
2: absolutely. Because I tell you,
0: very confusing. Oh, it is. It's a different world.
3: <laughs> yeah, down at the John Coleman Annex in Smyrna, we have programs for that.
0: Yeah, check with that, uh, and I think they also have some at the Technology Engagement Center uh, here in Murfreesboro as well, from the library. So all right. Check check with both of those, and I think I, there's no charge no, on those. Yes. That's, is that's it? good news. Okay. <laughs>
2: I'm listening, you
0: all appreciate it. Have a great day. You all do too. Bye, Thanks very much. Our number is 615-893-1450, 615-893-1450. We're going to pause for just a moment, check on the traffic and weather. We will be right back to take some more of your calls. So if you have a question or a comment, you can phone it in and talk or you can text, whichever you prefer, all at the same number.
1: 615-893-1450. Get the latest local real estate information, lawn and garden chips, and more Saturdays at noon on the Rutherford Home Show with Dean Higby and Dave Grover here on WGNS. This is Peter Demas, and I invite your family to come and join our family back at Demas' Restaurants. One of the things that we have always done is we have been very careful with the way that we sanitize our tables. We have mandatory hand-washing stations. Our employees are required to wear masks. We are just overall just being very careful with everything that we are doing and the way we handle food, the way we handle plates to ensure everybody's safety as they return and start enjoying the dining room experience again. Demis's Restaurants on Broad Street in Murfreesboro i could talk to the animals
4: hi this is amanda from animal city you can find us at 919 northwest broad street in murfreesboro here at animal city we have an excellent variety of pond supplies and the expertise to help you get your garden pond looking beautiful and for your convenience we're happy to take call ahead orders for curbside delivery as we approach our 30th anniversary our family at animal city wants to thank you for your support animal city 919 northwest broad street in murfreesboro
1: Good morning. THB is out here to remind you what the speed limit is this morning up and down sections of I-24, especially coming out of Coffee County, headed into Rutherford County. Slow it down. Traffic still looks good on 41 ramp there on to 840. A lot of that traffic's headed over towards Franklin and into Williamson County. Hey, Dr. Byron Bush, the only Republican candidate for U.S. Senate with a proven record for fighting for conservative values. Log on to BushForSenate.com. I'm Commander Chuck. you on time traffic.
4: We'll see a few spotty showers and thunderstorms here this afternoon, with a blend of clouds and sunshine developing high in the low 90s. Southwest winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS.
0: Currently, it's 73. Thank you, Jennifer. What about that Murfreesboro weather? It was brought to you by Animal City. COVID-19 has changed our world. And First National Bank of Murfreesboro is here to help you. During these uncertain times, it's good to have a friend to walk with you and help with financial guidance. First National Bank of Murfreesboro is here to help you with free text banking, bill paying,
4: mobile deposits, and more. I'm Shelly Rigsby, manager of First National Bank of Murfreesboro. And I'm Amanda Gentry, First National Bank of Murfreesboro, member FDIC.
3: He's local. Certified financial
1: planner Jason Qualls. Financial coaching radio. Weekdays at 4 on News Radio WGNS. We are
0: back again. Talking this morning about the Rutherford County school system. Right now, I want to say happy birthday to Ricky Garrett Jr., our winner today of the goodies from Simply Pure Sweets Bakery and Cafe up on the east side of the Murfreesboro Square. And our good neighbor of the day, the folks over at Stepping Stones. They're going to be receiving flowers from Jenny Harrison and the family at Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts. Tell us about your good neighbor. Send us their name, address, and phone number. Tell us why they should be the good neighbors of the day. This morning on our broadcast, as we mentioned, we're focusing on the Rutherford County School System. The director of the schools, Bill Spurlock, is with us. Assistant Superintendent Jimmy Sullivan, the director of communications, James Evans, all with us this morning. Let's go back in time. Uh, As the COVID-19 was getting started, the governor had some thoughts on getting uh, the school system uh, lined up and everything uh, how to handle it back then is that different from what we're looking at as we move into the reopening of our schools let's go to dr sullivan
3: yeah thank you for that absolutely so when we think about march of course it's uh, to put an entire district district um with distance learning is something we were not prepared for and something we are prepared for now But we also go back to the guidance that the governor was suggesting back in March and April and May was that schools needed to to remain closed and offer instructional support. That's completely different uh, of the avenue of where we are now. So instructional support, that's where we gave out packets, devices, had a little bit of access to our teachers. What we're doing in August and to open the school years is school. School is open. So thinking if your vision of is distance learning, getting the packets and getting the computer and I just do some math lessons, that's not what we're doing to open the year. You know, if a parent chooses distance learning, they will have access to every content, every course that their child would have in a in-person setting. They'll have live and recorded sessions with their teachers. They'll be able to, to take part in class. Uh, it'll just be in a different environment. It'll be at their home. So we wanted to make sure our parents understood the spring and the fall are two completely separate scenarios it'll it'll be completely different from what they experienced
0: i guess you've also gotten some more experience under your belt
3: with this oh absolutely uh, we have spent the uh, entire last march april may june july and a huge shout out to our instruction team and our central office but also our teachers you know one of those caveats is that the general public thinks teachers get the summer off um Teachers don't get the summer off. Teachers aren't paid for the summer. Teachers do a 200-day contract, and their 200-day contract runs from August to May. And so everything you see, whether it's social media, anywhere of teachers working in the summer, that's truly on their own, and the dedication they have to their craft is, is truly phenomenal. I believe we have the best in Rutherford County.
0: Well, let me ask you this, because even though they are dedicated and things of that sort, and we've gone through a, a trying year, obviously, uh, teachers have planned on retiring at certain points in life. Uh, have we had the normal number of people planning on retiring? Have you, with all of this COVID-19, uh, it's bound to be a challenge, have you been able to find replacements for those teachers who are retiring?
2: Oh, yeah, I will speak on that. We have had some retire, but not, but not anything out of the ordinary. And uh, we're very blessed that we are able to uh uh, you replace these effective uh, experienced teachers obviously their experience uh, will not be easy to make up but we do have uh, our teachers are coming out today you know i've always said that they're better prepared than in any time in, in the history of public education however the uh thing is there's a lot more required of them but we are excited about those that are coming and choosing to work in rutherford county we feel like we have a lot of things to offer you know not only as a uh, school system but also as a uh, you know as a town as a as a county and it's a great place to live and a, a great place to work
0: so everything is moving fine. Uh, do you have any openings,
2: Oh, uh, We do have some openings. And in fact, I would encourage anyone that wants to get into uh, teaching to, to look on our web page and, and follow the HR department and, and apply for those positions that you are certified to teach or, or perhaps you're looking to transfer from another system.
3: And if I'd add, we, um, under Mr. Spurlock last year, we actually be- became an educator preparatory program, which basically means we can license our own teachers in certain areas and so if we have people who have a a bachelor's degree in an area and they are interested in teaching they can contact our hr department and we can see about instead of them enrolling at a a university them actually enrolling for us for a cheaper cost Um, but i also would like to add that i believe our our local university i hope will have a an intake as far as people entering the profession you know there is some some security when it comes to, to teachers. And where we have, of course, in the local economy, there is that hope that usually in a downturn in the economy, you have an education force that rises a little bit during that.
0: And what about, uh, I think in years past, you had been able to hire some people who had had some on-the-job experience and they had retired. Maybe they had done uh, work with uh Megatronics, or something, you know, who knows what. Uh, are there still positions for those persons? A-
2: absolutely. In fact, the other day I had the opportunity to speak with about 15 that were in our career and technical education and in our EPP program getting certified. And, uh, you know, one of the two areas that we're adding this year is we're adding a program, a mechanical, or excuse me, a, a mechanical, electrical, and plumbing program program both at Smyrna High School and at Laverne High School and two of those uh, gentlemen that were there uh, actually came out of the uh, you know out of the business and we're very excited about that and uh, along with those other ones you know it, it, it's something we believe in uh, we believe in you know when we talk about college and career we know college hopefully is a finite am- amount of time you know uh, but we look at uh, the student debt today and at 1.6 trillion. And we know that sometimes we're obviously uh, not providing enough uh, uh, help for our students as they make choices because a career lasts for a lifetime. So we're big on that, and, and we're very thankful that people are, 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 are coming into the profession you know, out of a, a previous profession and providing this uh, knowledge that they have for these skills.
0: One thing we have not talked about in a while, and that is how the Rutherford County school system teams up with local businesses to provide trained students who can, when the graduation comes, uh, move right into a job. Uh, How is that going, and are you going to expand that any this year or in the next year or so?
2: You know, one of the things we're always doing with the Rutherford County Chamber of Commerce is we have a a variety of industry councils that our principals are a part of, that are in our schools, that are supporting our schools. And, uh, you know, the two programs I just referenced earlier is another example. That was a big push on the part of the industry council of providing this skill set. And we're also doing something uh, like a lot of other systems are doing, we're actually providing assessments, you know, aptitude tests uh, for our 8th graders so that they can see what their strengths are, and we can perhaps maybe guide them in areas in which they can, you know, go to get additional education or perhaps maybe go out and get to technical school and get a, a skill that they have strengths in and providing them an opportunity not only to get a job that will pay well but also stay in our in our county and be productive citizens and taxpayers
0: here's a text message from a listener who says my son is at uh, oakland middle school now but soon in about a year we'll be going to oakland high school One of the things that I always enjoyed with high school was the ability to be on the football team. It taught me a lot of good common sense and has helped me throughout the life. Uh, Will this be available in the next year for students uh, on the high school level, athletics?
2: I sure hope so, because I'm a firm believer that athletics, extracurricular, your band, your ROTC, all the different programs, they add another dimension to your school. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that those things that uh, happen in the classroom extend themselves into those areas, whether it be uh, sports or whether it be band or whether it be ROTC. So the answer, the short answer is I surely hope so. And I'm very confident that perhaps, you know, uh, in in not-too-distant future, hopefully, you know, Quickly, that we we're able to transition back into those things.
0: And while we're talking about special things that are being offered, one of your schools, uh, Central Magnet School, is very special focused as far as uh, offering superior education uh, to students who are doing extremely well. Will that be challenged as well? Do you have any concerns there?
2: You know, one of the things that we we're very confident in is, is the Central Magnet and, and our other uh, magnet schools throughout our county, uh, Thurman Francis, for one, is they do a fabulous job, and we know that uh, the, the students there uh, have this vision of where they want to be, and we know that the faculties and the staffs there is provide them with every opportunity to continue to be six, successful.
0: Has this impacted the baccalaureate schools?
2: You know, just like anything else, uh, we do have some that are, you know, from Central Magnet and Thurman Francis and uh, Oakland's IB program that have chosen to do the distance learning. Uh, obviously, this is a concern on their part. And, but, however, uh, these uh, young people are, you know, they they know what they are trying to accomplish. They're very focused. They're disciplined. And they know that it's, that we uh, do not anticipate Uh, this carrying hopefully not carrying over for for too much longer before they can be on campus
0: here's another text from a listener and they're asking since you had mentioned that the same number of uh, people are moving into rutherford county that has not changed uh, when do you expect to announce another location will there be others uh, soon to be announced there was talk at one point about walter hill and then another one in the blackman area uh what about those
2: yeah our building program for for the coming uh fiscal year is where we'll be building an elementary school in the christiana area out uh closer out into uh deeper into christiana uh uh halfway between actually it's halfway between buck cannon elementary and christiana elementary and we'll be uh, building an elementary school there, and it's going to impact approximately five other schools. And it's going to actually release about 25 to 30 portables after the, that school is built. We also will be adding on to Laverne Middle School, an annex, just like Oakland Middle School, just like uh, Blackman Middle School. And uh, that's going to rele- alleviate some overcrowded overcrowdedness uh, there. And and, and and as we go forward we're looking at things for example we started this year we started an actual virtual school that is a uh, uh, is a 612 school uh sanctioned by the state we currently got 140 is that correct uh, on that school and uh, you know there's gonna be some things that we'll be looking at once this pandemic is uh, behind us we do know one thing we can't outbuild growth apparently and uh, we know that it's a it's a burden on our taxpayers uh and and like we stated earlier we uh you know we're doing our part uh, to do as uh, as well with the money as we can we are currently as far as funding per pupil we have fallen into the two-thirds to the bottom as far as funding is concerned now we do more with less however it does come a point when the growth is overtaking us and uh you know we're trying to look at different ways obviously you can't spend your way out of it because uh quite frankly when you put do the math uh, the the it doesn't work out uh, as far as taxes and things of that nature so we are trying to do innovative things uh to to alleviate some of the overcrowdedness in our schools and looking at things that we can do uh to help this along the way Now, Dr. Sullivan, I'd like for you to talk a little bit about a virtual school. Right. So we are starting a virtual school this
3: year. It is its own school, its own principal. It has its own school number, so it is comparable in any of the other 48 schools that we have in the district. It is just starting with 6 through 12. Um, If a parent is still interested, even though our window has closed, we'd be happy to talk to them in an extenuating circumstance to see. The difference is right now at that school, students wouldn't have the opportunity to participate in TWSAA sports or other extracurricular activities um it's not sanctioned or allowed by TWSWA at this time for for some reason um but it is six through 12 and it is truly virtual and that is completely different than our distance learning so if a parent is signing up right now for distance learning that is connected to whatever school they're attending regularly our virtual school is a student actually attending the virtual school so they're two separate things
0: did you just that uh, this was working well so well that you wanted to go this route as a result of this covid 19 situation i
2: know now let me jump in there we've been working on this for since i came in as director of schools one of the things we did realize is for system our size the fourth largest district in the state of tennessee we were kind of behind this has been uh, done by many different systems for a long time uh one of the things makes this unique is because when we looked at our homeschool population we had about 1635 homeschoolers we do not get funding for homeschoolers so what we uh what we looked at is that we can get funding from our virtual school now a virtual school uh, is not for everyone and, and obviously uh not everyone's uh, uh, enrolled in it and so what we were looking at is another opportunity to offer our our students and our parents that what didn't exist and you know that's one of the things that we continue to do look at and see how can we improve upon what we're currently doing how can we meet the needs of uh, ever-changing student population
0: we have a text here from a listener who says i homeschool my child but i can see a virtual class being something that would benefit my child especially in advanced mathematics I would homeschool parents be able to take advantage of your some of the classes in virtual school
2: absolutely every every child that is a a citizen of rutherford county has the opportunity to apply that is correct now what as far as our uh you know when we look at it when we enroll in it that involves the actual number of classes now we do have what we call a la carte where maybe a student that is currently enrolled in another school Uh, in our system that wants to take an additional class one of the things that i want to brag about my instructional department uh, department real quick is this year uh, in this last fiscal year through a lot of work they actually saved somewhere close to six million dollars in our general purpose budget and it's because of things like we're currently doing looking at things that were uh, we were duplicating looking at things that we were using that was not effective and uh, you know this is the this is the uh, the way we work you know we want to get the most out of what we're getting and uh, the conversations that we've had with the instructional department as they looked at a variety of different things we knew that if we offered this virtual school not only could we offer those additional opportunities for students who perhaps may be homeschooled, but also we would get the state funding for them
0: Our phone number, by the way, is 615-893-1450. We're going to take our final look at the traffic and weather, and then we'll be back and do the last segment of the show. Reminding you, if you have a question, don't wait any longer, because we're about out of time. So if you have a question, give us a call. 615-893-1450. We'll be right back.
3: You're unbelievable.
1: The on the radio. Hi, this is Jim Powell. Thanks for listening to the Home of Atlanta Braves baseball. News Radio WGNS. Hi, this is Willie from Smith Brothers Car Wash. We're a family-owned business. I'm here
3: basically every day of the week. And you know if you have any questions or comments or anything, I'll be happy to help you and answer any questions that you have. As the summer comes along, it's gonna get hotter and hotter. And, you know, if, if you're dressed nice in your suit and you're in your dress, you don't want to be outside and vacuuming your own car and getting all sweaty, so bring your car here and let us do the work so you can stay inside in the air conditioning. We're located at 1103 Memorial Boulevard, Smith Brothers Car Wash. For 80 years, Roscoe Brown has been the trusted name in heating, cooling, and plumbing for Middle
1: Tennessee homeowners and businesses. Throughout the years, our number one goal has been to accurately assess your HVAC and plumbing systems. With four locations in Middle Tennessee, we provide 24 7 assistance by calling 1 888 MyRosco. Turn to the experts at Carrier and Roscoe Brown. People you know, a name you trust. RoscoeBrown.com. Good morning, THB's out here to remind you what the speed limit is this morning. Up and down sections of I-24, especially coming out of Coffee County, headed into Rutherford County. Slow it down. Traffic still looks good on 41 ramp there, onto 840. A lot of that traffic's headed over towards Franklin and into Williamson County. Hey, Dr. Byron Bush, the only Republican candidate for U.S. Senate with a proven record for fighting for conservative values. Log on to BushForSenate.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic.
4: We'll see a few spotty showers and thunderstorms here this afternoon with a blend of clouds and sunshine developing high in the low 90s. Southwest winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 73.
1: This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. The Wake Up Crow weekday mornings six to seven fifty. WGNs, your good neighbor station. Rutherford County's place to talk.
0: Welcome back. We are focusing on our Rutherford County school systems, and on this morning's program, the director of the Rutherford County Schools is with us this morning, Bill Spurlock, along with the assistant superintendent Jimmy Sullivan. And the director of communications, James Evans. Here's another question, and whoever wants to jump in on this one: Are the uh, will the folks at Christiana be getting a high school
2: uh, anytime soon? What about that? Well, we do have uh, the site for it now. What the, what that will be predicated on is how our enrollments, uh, obviously, impacted in terms of, of Riverdale. Uh, Rockvale. that you know anytime we look at where we're going to build a school we have to look at the capacity of the school how many uh, portables it has and where we can make the greatest impact but uh, with that said the uh, property at, at christiana or tan oaks it does have a site for a high school
0: Okay, uh, let's talk a little about disting distance learning applications. we've We've talked uh, a, a little about some of this in the beginning, but uh, what about the applications for that?
2: Can I jump in real quick? Sure. Just a reminder, August third is the first day for the teachers. August tenth, first day for the students.
0: Okay, August third, first day for student for teachers, and August tenth first day for students. Okay. Uh, now on the distance learning apps.
3: Right, so our distance learning, uh, if a parent is interested in that, we have that information published on our Rutherford County website, but it is also on, linked on every school's website. Uh, originally, that deadline was July 28th. Uh, that is now August 5th. And if, even after that, if a parent is interested, we can work with them at a school. Something we've we've talked about a lot is that. We're in the business of of educating kids, but we also deal with people every single day. So we have to have that customer service uh, approach. So if there's a situation that a parent wants to talk to our schools about, we're more than willing to do that. I'd also encourage parents to look at our Rutherford County Schools reopening plan. Um, Regardless of what decision that our school board makes tomorrow, we are still in one of those two options, to where it's a traditional opening or a distance learning opening. Um, Our parents have those options. Um, And so it's really just a a modification. All of our schools have their own plans as well, published on their website within the next couple days that go over, what does the cafeteria look like? How do we change classes? What do bathroom breaks look like at our different levels? And so that's gonna be more school specific and every school has a template they're following.
0: Yeah, uh, let me just be sure we're understanding this correctly. On distance learning, you're talking about a virtual school as opposed to being a distance from where you live
3: right so our so if we go back our virtual school our rutherford county virtual school is the school we talked about that was six through twelve distance learning is instead of the student coming to school whether they were at home or a, a, a different location if they would not be coming to the school building they'd be participating in class whether it is live or recorded I mean, it doesn't have to be exactly eight to three whatever works best for them they would be participating in class in a different location other than the school.
0: Okay. Uh, any other things? We have a few minutes left in the broadcast, and I know there's a lot of information people are thinking about as we're on the doorsteps of school reopening. Uh, what else do we need to Well, go- one
2: of the things I want everyone to know that we're continuously looking at the data. We want to make sure we understand that uh, our staff, our, our teachers, our students, our, their health is important, and we do want to make sure that we are prepared and we want to make sure that uh, as we look at these numbers, we're making an informed decision. And we've got to look at it, a, a large part of it. And I just want to go on record of saying that there's nothing uh, political about this thing, uh, whether it's on the left or whether it's on the right. All we, We're educators. Uh, we're not statisticians. We're not doctors. We're not in the medical field. We're not, obviously, not running for office. We're trying to make decisions that uh, will provide the best opportunities for our students and their staff, at the same time making sure that the environment in which they're uh, placed in is, is safe.
0: And I want to say, uh, as a media person, we really appreciate the work that James Evans does because especially when the schools are going, if you have issues that pop up and things that we never could dream of happening, they do happen. And uh, James Evans keeps us and we keep the parents informed. Uh, It's an open pipeline, and we really appreciate that. Yeah, you know,
4: our approach on that is it's really a team effort. Everybody is trying to think like a parent. Most of us are parents that work in the district. And when we have these issues, we try to talk like parents and think like parents. What do parents need to know if I were directly in their shoes and was not on the inside? And so Dr. Sullivan, Mr. Spurlock, the whole leadership team, the principals, they really do try to approach it that way, and that's been so helpful.
0: Well, as a, as a broadcaster and as a former parent and a grandparent who has children in our county schools, I appreciate your work very much. Uh, once again, as we had uh, heard earlier, August 3rd is the first day of school for, for teachers. Now, August 3rd, the first day for teachers, and then August the 10th is the first day for students and with students still moving into the area because you'll have them moving in once you get started I'm sure uh, do people need to go ahead and sign up now if they have just moved in what what is the process that's
4: a good point so we do have online enrollment now if you're a new student and then starting today those parents who already had students in school and just need to uh, reaffirm what their information is they can do that online too. starting today all that information is available on
0: all the websites. Okay, so just check that out. You can, And if you have no clue where your child will go to school, you can find that online as well. Or give us a call. We always encourage
4: parents, especially those moving here, to double-check those zones when they're buying a home because sometimes listings are out of date with the MLS or something like that. So we're always happy to help verify those school zones.
0: On that note, we want to say a special thank you to our guest this morning for updating us on what's happening with the Rutherford County Schools. The director of the schools, Bill Spurlock. Assistant Superintendent, Jimmy Sullivan. And the director of communications, James Evans. Truman is next, right here on your good
2: neighbor station. Hey, have a super day. We'll see you tomorrow.